Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Get Around, episode number 104. My name is Jake Adnip, in the studio with 7 and 4 is Harrison Beebe. Hi, Jake. Hello. And my, and my, my good friend, James Cook. How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. It's actually, it's been over like a week since I've seen you. I mean, I saw Harrison last night, but... Uh, on Friday. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I guess. Forgot. Uh, we were down in Detroit for state finals last Friday. All saw each other there. That was Black Friday. Today is Cyber Monday. All the deals been going on, but you know what you can get for free? This podcast. Any for day now. of the year. Well, unless and we make it subscri- should we make it sus- subscription-based? Is that how we should start monetizing is, our stuff? Tuesday is Giving Tuesday, correct? Yeah. Tomorrow. So, technically, we're giving this podcast out for free on Tuesday, so... Well, it'll probably come out later tonight, so... Does the record deal count as a small business? We would accept donations, though. <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely donations you know. of any type, monetary, food, you know, compliments, even swag for page our podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, page likes, shares, we'll yeah. even, yeah, we'll take swag for the podcast studio. We've been out trying to get some stuff from uh, a lot of the ADs over the last couple of weeks, kind of bothering some people to try and fill out the rest of the... The rest of the podcast studio is swag from all of our, what, 39, 40 area schools. Yep. I mean, as is, you guys <clears throat> did do a pretty good job decorating this room to look like a fan cave. So We're trying. Yeah. We're going to get some no, Sunday like stuff from, from Doug Perryard. I'm going to trade him some uh, some state finals programs for some swag. <laughs> we got to get those new Sutton's Bay hats where it's just like the one word, Sutton's Bay. Garrick said he could hook me, up, hook me up with one. Well, we gotta get we got to get one of those for the right? podcast studio. Yeah, we gotta spread spread across the love. There's plenty of space still on these walls. Is the thing. Yeah, like, we can make more space. Man. Oh, is that, is that? I mean, we can make more space than what's here. But I mean, if you look behind you over here, we got we almost got a whole walls worth of stuff. So, everybody, get generous. It is the giving season. It is holiday season. Get generous. Send some stuff into the get around. Give it, give us some swag to put up in the room so uh, we can make all the athletes feel more at home when they come in and join us. Speaking of our show today, we have a really good one. Episode 104 features a couple of Traverse City West hockey players with Josh Reese and Michael Skirmerhorn dropping by the studio today as the hockey season is getting started. The Titans have started off the season 2-0 and are about to open Big North play, so stay tuned for that conversation. We also are going to talk about Glen Lake's trip down to Ford Field that all three of us were present at last Friday, update you on the beginnings of hockey, and do a girls' basketball preview. That is the magic number. That's what starts today, fellas. Uh, seems like it went pretty quick with... Football getting pushed back that week and having. You think them, it went quick? No, I mean it's like it came quick. Football, uh, or basketball came pretty quickly with uh, football and well, fall sports kind of getting pushed back. A lot of times, that Thanksgiving week is kind of like an in-between week for seasons. But yeah, we definitely had stuff to do last week. So whatever it was, two days, fellas. So we're gonna get into a uh, girls' basketball preview after that interview. Obviously, we'll be getting some of our loyal listeners fed. We'll do another entrant into the most exclusive club, the Get Around Hall of Fame, and then we're going to go into our trifecta. We're going to argue whether you should shop in-store or online for the holiday season, what, what each of us prefer and why. So stay around for that because you know you like to hear us argue anyways. It's changing the way we live life. But before we do all that, I wanted to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. That's going to lead us into the pulse where we put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world, and we're going to talk about that big happening from last week, gentlemen. Glen Lake falls 7-0 to to Monroe St. Mary Catholic Central in the Division Six State Finals last week. Not quite sure that 7-0 is how we saw that game going. Had a couple of high-powered offenses, but it was a defensive showdown. Let's uh, talk about that a little bit. What do you guys think was the biggest difference in that game, especially after seeing St. Mary average 38 points a game and Glen Lake average upwards of 30 points a game as well? I mean, at first they had some difficulty, I think, adjusting to that wing tee. I mean, Monroe St. Mary was just on that first drive, just gashing them for 10 yards. They got, what, a first down on each of the first yeah, three carries? Yeah, it was four, the game. They had 50, I think they had 51 yards on the first four carries. Yeah, and, and uh, but they eventually adapted to that, um, but, uh, you know, not quite quick enough because they were down 7 nothing, and then uh, they, held them, they held them off the board, but, uh, you know, weren't ever to, able ever to get that tie or lead. Wasn't it the second possession that uh, the Falcons scored on Gun Lake? I think it was. It was the second quarter. I know that yeah, much. but I, but it that's wasn't the first. The first possessions where they held them on fourth. And yeah, because Gun Lake went three and out. Then they went all the way down. Glen Lake held them, but then Glen Lake went drove all the way, almost all the way down the field on one of their longer drives of the day. 
uh, probably the longest. Yeah, probably <laughs> the longest drive of the day. Yeah, it was and, a, it was the second quarter, second possession, and started the second quarter. Okay, yeah. So that that was dragged out. It was obviously a grounded out type of game. Uh, I know Coach Andrews was expecting that. He knew they were run first team. I think they only threw four times, only completed one pass over the game, but. Um, Harrison, do you think that Glen Lake's offense wasn't really able to get it going, or do you think that was just the game plan that they fell into and time was just running off the clock? I think that was evident that whatever the situation may be, they were not destined to really put much up on that end. Even the big plays they did make, they were called back due to penalties. Whether those were deserved or not, you can debate those till the end of the time, but the the box score and the story of that game is going to read. The defense played phenomenal, the offense did not match that effort worthy of bringing home a state championship. And that's, you know, I'm sure some of those guys are going to be, you know, mulling that one over for a while. Why couldn't we have just gotten, you know, I said to you guys all all throughout the night and anybody else who saw the game, no play in that entire game was like a marquee play. Like felt like a way of shifting momentum. No, no one single play. I disagree. I disagree. Well, as far as like the one that you're talking about, I, I remember I, I, when I gotta, so-and-so did this. Well, still, I got to bring it up because that's one thing that I was... I was oh, so I'll up. just wrap my, my thought real quick. It, I think if Glenn Lake had found a way to make that big-time play, didn't even have to be a score, but to set up a score, and they were kind of close on some of those catches, but then they were called back. If they had gotten one or two of those plays on their end, we're talking, we could be talking about an entirely different ballgame right well, now. Well, I think, I think we would. Uh, I think that they expected a couple of those. I mean, the two plays that you talk about were on the same, the same offensive back. drive. <laughs> Yeah, where I think it was, I think it was third or second and fourteen, and he threw a pass to Finn Hogan about what five, six yards past the first down. They got called for an offensive pass interference, which at first glance I thought was offensive pass interference. On the replay, of course, once you get to see stuff on a jumbotron, you kind of question it a little. He's bit definitely more. brushing them by. The question is how much acting. But he's but, doing, but regardless, doing. regardless, he had that, and then the very next play, so they get backed up, and it's like what third and twenty-two or something like that, and then they throw a deep. Finn Hogan catches the ball again for a first down, but then an offensive holding is called, brings it back, and then it's whatever third and thirty-seven. On their own 14-yard line, and they're they're punting the ball away. But that's not that's not where I was. There was just one thing that was just unsettling with me on Friday, and there was two plays during that game when the referees, when the ball, it was fourth and short for St. Mary Catholic Central. One was fourth and one. One was fourth and two. The fourth and one happened earlier in the game, and I don't think anybody really made a fuss of it because St. Mary so didn't score. Nobody scored. No, you know what I'm saying. It just and it, the drive ended on the next. Three, set of three downs but what happened was they were met at the line of scrimmage or at the line to gain and the ball was spotted at the line to gain on two separate fourth down occasions and a measurement was never taken and i know i'm in the press box and i i can't tell like right there exactly where it is but if you say you have to reach the 33 yard line to get a first down and then the next time that they reset the ball you're at the 33 yard line on a fourth and one or a fourth and two like I think it needs to be measured all the time. I know I well, know Jerry Jerry was going crazy in the fourth quarter. There was what, four minutes fifty two seconds left in the game. Fourth and two. I know I know for a fact that the kid was met behind the the first down line. You know, so he was fighting, if anything, with just arms and feet to get past that first down line. I couldn't see it, but James was over on the sideline. Jerry was right there and I mean they were going crazy over there and as soon as it happened, I thought they needed a measurement and before Jerry I think could even ask for it, the chains were moving. Yeah, Jerry was livid on the sidelines. I mean, I, I mean, he's a guy who gets mad at calls and stuff during the game, but that's as mad as I've ever seen him during a game. Um, I wasn't looking like down the line to see exactly where the spot was, but from everything that I talked, everybody I talked to said, you know, that it was a very, very generous spot, and there should have been a, you know, there should have been a measurement. I mean, Ben Kroll made the tackle. It was fourth and one. Ben Kroll made the tackle, and you know he wasn't getting he's pushed a, back. Yeah, so I don't <coughs> care who it was. They're not falling through Ben Kroll. Yeah, you know, so. I mean, I, I, th- I think you should have at least had a measurement. Exactly. There. Generous spot or not, at fourth fourth and two on their own 33-yard line, which Glen Lake's longest drive of the day, once again, I think was something around 40 yards. If Glen Lake has a chance to score with four minutes, 52 seconds left in the fourth quarter from the opponent's 33-yard line, you have to measure that football, and they didn't. And I was dumbfounded. I was literally looking around like, what are they trying to, like, speed this game up because they're worried about the next one because I just it didn't make any sense at that point in the game why they went I mean dude they even implemented instant replay for the state finals this year I know they I don't Visa Sky Cam yeah I I don't yeah I don't know that they did it I don't know exactly the rules on the replay I don't think I don't think they could do it for line to game type of stuff no I don't think think so just turnovers and touchdowns just turnovers and touchdowns pretty pretty much but still like we're looking at cameras and everything and I mean if 
if you see that it's close, you have to do that. It's a state finals game. This isn't a one and eight versus eight and one team in week nine or whatever. You know, like so. So you're arguing that these are the the big plays I that think, I'm discussing. I no, no. I I I think you you said that there really wasn't any big ones that shifted momentum. Mm-hmm. I think that that play right there was the like the the deal breaker. Even though there was five minutes left, Glenn Lake had another shot with the ball. Sealed it? Well, well. Just kind of by deal breaker, and not even sealed it because they did. It didn't quite seal because Lake still had a shot and it, whatever. But like, yeah, but they were pinned against their own end. But the deal, but that's what I mean by, their own by the deal breaker. It was like, Lake had them and had them, and their defense played so stellar the entire afternoon. And then when it seemed like they had them dead to rights in their own end on fourth and two, when when St. Mary's was like, we're gonna get this. It's this play. It's us or you type of deal. Once it happened, I feel like Glen Lake. I mean, St. Mary basically drove for two more first downs with ease before they got stopped at, what, the 24 or 25-yard line? They weren't going to kick a field goal. They got backed up because they had a couple tackles in the backfield and then uh, punted the ball away down to whatever, the 7 or 8-yard line. But they still kept moving at will after that. That was the first. It would have been a three and out had they done it at fourth and two. I'm right there with you. That's a very questionable decision not to review that, especially in the final minutes of a state championship game that's decided by one point. I'm curious to know if the MHSAA did some further evaluation on that with those officials afterwards, because that does... Yeah, I'm actually surprised you were the only one to really bring it up in the post-game presser. Nobody else really even said anything about it. Uh, did yeah. you stick around for the Monroe-St. Mary? Yeah. And did I you said, ask the same we, question? Yeah, we, I mean, we, did, we he was just like, we were always going to go for it. It didn't matter if we got it or not. That's That was his answer. He was just like, we were going for it. And then once he moved, they didn't. They didn't care. Hey, first down. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying he wouldn't no care. I'm just wondering, you know, if he was surprised. Yeah, it I, th- wasn't I think measured. he said. I think he said he couldn't see where the spot was from his side of the field. Something like that. Yeah. It was something wishy washy. Yeah, it's like um, awesome. Not side like, of the field. not like no comment that Jerry Andrews. I blacked out for two minutes there. <clears throat> but I, yeah, no, I. That's one thing I did want to bring up, just because, like, I. I tried to put it in my story a little bit, but, like, once again, I don't like to, like, put a whole game on one play like that, especially when it's and something... You, can, you can't. Especially when it's something to do with the refs and stuff like that, but it still was, like, a moment in time where you, you're scratching your head, like, what is that? Why it, did that happen? It, it could well, have been different. Yeah, I think it could have changed the whole game. I mean, because yeah. you, you're looking at it, and if they do a measurement and it's short, which most people seem to think that it was, then Gun Lake is starting with the ball at the 33-yard line. With plenty of time. Plenty of time. And it sh- they, then they have the decision to tie the and, game. And all their timeouts left because they burned all their timeouts yeah. later in that drive. Um, so they got plenty of time. All their timeouts. They're at the 33-yard line. Things are looking good. With what was like five minutes left. So say that they take two minutes off the clock. Then with no, their offense yeah, there was gone. Se- there was seven minutes left when that play okay. ran. Okay. Okay. So they took Because St. Mary took a timeout right before that play. Say there's three minutes left in the game after they finish that 33-yard drive and they score. Andrews has a chance to with his offense not being able to do much all day with three minutes left to put the pressure on them and go we can go for two and win this state championship game whole different story it is but it's a woulda coulda should should oh, situation well they here then get let's, the ball let's, again later let's go away from that. I think one thing I think, we, I think one thing all of us took away from that game is that you know sometimes you go into state finals and a team gets blown out or shown up obviously the mm-hmm. game after that was oh, that exact yeah. scenario Detroit Country Day just getting shelved by Muskie and Catholic yeah. Central but what we learned about Glen Lake is that on another day they they could just have easily have won that game as Monroe St. Mary it just so happened that the way that game started with uh, Monroe St. Mary that probably even though they didn't score on that first drive that probably put a lot of momentum in their favor and got them comfortable with what they were doing for their second drive, which allowed them to score. And unfortunately for the Lakers, the offense couldn't get it done on Friday. But who's to say you play that game on a Saturday, and it's an odd-numbered division final. Glen Lake's not the better team on that day. I think that's what I take away most is that just so happened to be that day for Monroe St. Mary. I'm going to go back for a second and say, (laughs) if you're going to have instant replay, why don't you have it for everything? Yeah. If you're going to have instant replay and the coaches are limited on how many times they can challenge, then why can't they challenge anything? Why are you saying that only probably only a turnover and a score and nothing else, no other play in the game is important enough to replay? Well, yeah. probably for the same reason Jake brought up. They didn't want anything to just be able to slow down the set schedule of the finals. And I'm not saying that's a good yeah, reason. Yeah, but, li- but if you're limited to the coach has like one or two challenges, then you're... They're not. Yeah, if you only had one, I think. I think. But they're going to limit them to plays that are turnover, touchdown see, based, just, that just have like serious we, ramifications on the results. They always have. That I, I don't get it either because whenever I play Madden, and if well, I, I want, if I, it doesn't matter. In a in a in a professional football game, in a in a college football game, 
literally, even if there's nothing to challenge, a coach can throw the challenge flag and say, I challenge the ruling on the field. Like, if it's a clear as day, complete catch, they can challenge that, right? And it took a while for the college game to do that. But, but still, why wouldn't you, if you have one yep. challenge a game, that's it. You can challenge any one play in the game. You get one challenge. It doesn't matter what ramifications it is. If it's the, if it's the dumbest challenge you ever take, then it's a timeout for your team. If it's the best thing ever, hopefully you use it at the right time. Yeah, and the delay is what? A minute. Yeah. Which, which what, the four-and-a-half-minute media timeouts during the during the state <coughs> finals aren't good enough to do a review for? Yeah, I mean, and and there was a review in the game before Glen Lake that was the first ever in a state final, and that one was over, an interception was overturned um, and called, you know, just an incomplete pass. I just don't get why you can't do it on other plays. Why, why there's the judgment call of why this play is more important than this play. Yeah, one more thing to wrap up our entire football season. Which is crazy. We're going to have all region teams, players of the year, things like that coming out over the next month. So make sure that you keep a lookout in the Record Eagle on Saturdays and Sundays for those teams. And keep a lookout online at record-eagle.com. But I don't want to ask you guys about the Lakers. We've talked a lot about them this season. Who do you guys think is the MVP for the Lakers this season? I'm going to go first. Just because when I cool. asked this question, yeah, do I it. had somebody in mind. And, you know, I, I, we talked a lot about Reese. We talked a lot about Jonathan Wright. I'm, I'm another guy that we've always talked a lot about. But I think Finn Hogan is probably their MVP of the season. Um, he's made so many big plays on offense. I mean, with Reese and him, they've had a lot of good connections this year. But after seeing him in that state finals game, uh, just what he does on safe, at safety on defense on that back end, I mean, he flies around. He's a big kid. He's fast. He's made plays on both offense and defense and special teams for them this year. I know he's one of those guys. I mean, we had him in here. He was he was great interview. He seemed like a great leader, and they've, I've, everybody on the team has talked about him as well. So, I mean, that's what I just thought uh, when I was thinking about MVP for the Lakers. Anybody else for you guys? Yeah, I mean, and Hogan is obviously a good choice. I mean, his his versatility from safety and his range at safety to be able to cover either side, whichever way the play went, was what allowed uh, Glen Lake to play the defense they did, which is to basically take the other ten guys and sell out against the run. I mean, they were they were run blitzing. They were hitting. Usually, they had two linebackers usually run blitzing on every play. It seemed like, and it was his ability to if somebody did get around that and get around contain to be able to stop that guy. You know, maybe it's a 10-yard gain, but it's not a touchdown mm-hmm. that enabled them to do that, and that's what stopped St. Mary's offense. You know, Jonathan Wright, I think, is a was a game-changer for them all season, and they missed him not being able to play running back mm-hmm. um, the last two weeks um, with that injury. Uh, he was able to play linebacker, but they didn't want to feel they wanted to play him at running back. So, uh, you know, having, maybe it's a different game if he plays. I don't know. You know, I mean, John Pop, I John Pop was a guy in the, in the state final who – made a big difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, his punting ba- I mean, buried St. Mary several times. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was really good in that game, and then he also was pretty good on defense. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier, I mean, Ben Kroll is obviously one of the heartbeats of this team, too. Yeah. So uh, Hogan is probably, as far as stats in the eye test, a great choice for the for the uh, I mean, MVP. If, you, if, but if, if it, you're looking at stats, honestly, Jonathan Wright might, might have the best stats on the team of offensive okay, well, and defensive. Of, of a guy who you know made it all the way through yeah. the finals. But I, I think that's a big reason why they made it that far is because they've got multiple guys who you would think are MVPs, and that's, that's what gets your team to a state championship game. So, I mean, I think a lot of those guys are the reason why we're still talking about them today. So... You know, great season, and ho- hopefully the Lakers can continue building off it. Yeah, so yeah, congrats to Gun Lake for making another tri- trip down to the state finals. Uh, we always like making those trips down with our local teams. So all of you guys listening, keep up the good work so we can travel across get the Get in the state. weight room. Yeah, get in the weight room and uh, get motivated because we want to see you bring home those trophies back to northern Michigan. One more thing to talk about in the Pulse is – Hockey season getting started. That's the only thing that overlapped with the fall sports season. Uh, regular season hockey started last week. A couple of our area teams uh, got a couple of games in and a tournament last weekend. Just want to do a couple quick hits on these guys before we get into our interview with the Traverse City West hockey players. Uh, we'll start off with the Bay Reps. Uh, off to a pretty hot start. They're 3-0 and now and just won the Big Rapids tournament over the weekend. Uh, they beat Wyandotte three, uh, 2-0, I believe the score was. Or 2-1, to one, sorry, over the weekend. Also beat Monroe, St. Mary Catholic Central, who beat Glen Lake. Beat them in hockey 8-5 to five over the weekend. Yeah, take that. But they, they won that tournament as well over some pretty good teams in the state. So, hot start to the season. Traverse City Central, we talked a lot about them last year and how young of a team they had. And they're starting to build themselves up. They have a lot of those freshmen who became sophomores and obviously a lot of those sophomores who became juniors. But guys like Charlie Douglas, Grant Newhart, and stuff like that are going to be making a big difference for them. They did fall on Saturday. They were up 4-2 to two in the third period and blew 
that lead with 26.5 seconds left, and then ended up uh, ended up with a 4-4 tie with Farmington United. They let up two goals in 26 seconds. No, no, just in the fourth or in the third period. Oh. They, but the fi- the last goal was 26.5 seconds left, so they almost had the dub. But either way, they let it up, and uh, I mean, given said that that had a little bit to do with inexperience, still with a little bit of early season nerves, um, but they'll get there. They outshot and Farmington United's a pretty quality player well, too. But, but Set Traverse City Central outshot Farmington United forty-four to seventeen in that game, including seven to one in overtime. So they're aggressive. They they are going to mm-hmm. be out there. Um, they just haven't gotten the, the as many dubs as the other two teams so far. The other one is Traverse City West, who we're going to have these guys in here. Um, they went two and zero to start the season. They beat that Farmington United in overtime. So Farmington took both of those Traverse City teams uh, into overtime. But Farmington United are three Farmington schools, correct? Huge yes, Farmington it's, schools. It's well, no wait, because one closed. It's Harrison still, it's closed, still like it's still it? a three. It's still three schools. The the combined enrollment of those three is gigantic. But one of the, no, but now it's just two schools, right? Because one of the Farmington schools closed. Regardless, the enrollment is still going to be. Wait, <coughs> yeah, those yeah, schools, yeah. Ju- the, the kids just went to those other two schools. Yeah, the combined enrollment is still almost it's probably central and west put oh, together. Three, it's yeah. still, still close to 3,000 people. But, yeah, no, those are, those are big schools. But all three of our teams are off to a pretty decent start uh, right here in Traverse City. I know that we kind of haven't seen them yet, but uh, which one of these teams do we uh, like in the early season goings? Well, I'm just going to go by patterns. So West was in the Final Four two years ago. Bay Reps were in the Final Four last year. Maybe this is Central's year. Maybe that's how this shapes up. Every three years, they're just going to rotate. They're going to be, of course, Central's in a different division. So actually, two of the three could make it. But yeah, it's very early to judge. But uh, the Bay Reps for coming off a Final Four run a year ago and, and still plugging away, winning the, winning the Big Rapids invite. I mean, that says, speaks volumes about where they see their program at and constantly competing. Whereas five years ago, when I was first covering sports up here, you didn't really look at the Bay Reps like that in the regular season. Maybe they'd get you know, win over West in the playoffs every once in a while, but they definitely didn't have this routine of a competitive mean streak going, especially at the start of the year. West, we've seen them look strong in years past, so it's good to see that they're off to uh, another solid start. And, you know, Central, yeah, you, you harped on it. There's there's a lot to be in. Chris Givens always reminds me of, like, a Tom Izzo, honestly, that he doesn't expect the best out of his guys on day one. He His goal is to just craft this over the course of the three months of the hockey season and uh, hope everything's hitting on all cylinders entering late February. So I'm not worried about that program at all. It should be another fun season. We've got some competitive teams. Can't wait to see when they play each other in the uh, Scott Miller tournament at the end of the month, and uh, then we're going to learn a lot more about them. I mean, the, the refs have just a lot of people, I think, coming back from that team that made the, the semifinal run last year. Um, you know, they've got Caleb Miller. They've got the goalie, goalie Judd Lawson played quite a bit last season. Um, and just a lot of guys like Will, Will Fournier, Joey Matucci, uh, Andrew Banky, they, they did Cam Alton. Lo- they, you know. they did lose a couple of really big names. They lost, they lost Stevenson, which yeah. is their, their De- go-to scorer Denneth, last year. And Denneth, right? And Denneth, which is a core another defenseman big, for another, them. Another big yeah. guy for them. They did lose some guys, <laughs> but no. I, I, but I everybody's going to. I was going to say, I looked, so. but I looked at that roster over the weekend, and once again, saw some really familiar names who were on score mm-hmm. sheets on a regular basis last year. And they got a couple of those kids that I think can step up and be that, that go-to the scorer Jake that Stevenson, Stevenson was last year, you know, like a Caleb Miller. All right, well, we won't talk too much about West because we're about to do that. With our guests today, Traverse City West hockey players Josh Reese and Michael Skirmerhorn, they joined us on Monday following their practice before they start Big North Conference play against Gaylord on Wednesday, so let's go ahead and give that interview a listen now. The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome into the studio Traverse City West hockey players Josh Reese and Michael Skirmerhorn. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of the early season to come join us. Thank you. Of course, we're going to start off with our Freaky Fast Five, as we have been lately, of five rapid-fire questions, a nod to our sponsor at Jimmy John's, just to kind of get to know you guys a little bit. First of all, just because the holiday happened last week, this is a good one. Best piece of Thanksgiving dinner? I'd have to say mashed potatoes. Okay. Mashed potatoes are pretty good. Even though, even though you like have that the rest of the year, mashed potatoes like that's just your go-to. That's my go-to right there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm a big stuffing guy. Okay. I could eat a lot of stuffing. Do you like Both like s- yeah? Do you like like stovetop or is it like homemade stuffing that you go for? Homemade. Yeah, yeah. it's gotta be like in the bird. Oh yeah. Oh, you gotta stuff the bird. <laughs> yes. Yes. You got one. So, what is your favorite hockey movie and why? Probably. Uh, go ahead. I got two. Either Slapshot or Miracle. Slapshot's pretty funny, and then Miracle's just a great story and great movie. 
pretty obvious opposite reason. Yeah. Like, that's all <laughs> I, could, I could see that. Yeah. I'd have to go with Miracle. It's like pretty inspirational and really like you look at it and you're like, that's a pretty cool movie. You just want to get on the ice after that movie. Yeah. yeah right, I mean, right. isn't, it, isn't it cool how like that actually happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Crazy. And then like, it's you never crazy. really think about that. I know like even, even me, I mean, that still happened when it was, I think, whatever, 16, 17 years before I was even born. Yeah. Man, like you look at that, you, you, we watch that movie and you go, this is like, this wasn't just written in a book. Are you right. serious yeah, about right. that? Are you serious yeah. about that? All right, so. I uh, figured at least one of you would say Goon. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a funny movie too. Goon, yeah, Goon's one of my faves. One. Goon is one of my faves. Who's got, James always likes to answer, ask this question, but who's got the best flow on the team? That's a tough one. We don't have many guys with the real many. hockey flow. No. no? Um, you guys are flowless this year? I guess so. I mean, Sam's hair is not bad. Yeah. How about in the league? It's early in the season. We haven't yeah, yeah, really seen, yeah. we haven't really seen much. So. But if you got flow, you got to play with play yeah. well. So. That's right. <laughs> All right, this is a this is a brain buster. Is cereal soup? I don't think so. I don't think it's soup. I don't know what I would call it, but I don't think it's soup. Cereal is just cereal. Yeah. It is yeah. what it is. It's cold. It's not Soup's warm. Soup's supposed to be hot, yeah. except for borscht. You said except for, so that means there's cold soup out there. Well, I don't, maybe I don't count borscht as soup either. Because I mean, cereal, Other people cereal do. is kind of just like the noodle, like the noodles in the milk, and the milk's kind of just like the broth. It's true. Suspended food in liquid soup. No, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so, how do you guys? What's the best way to deal for hockey players to deal with cold in the hockey rink? I mean, when you're playing, obviously you're no you're probably you're warm cold. and everything. But when you're just hanging around in the rink and everything, um, we. I don't know when going into the rink and hockey season's in the winter, so you're usually dressed for the cold anyways. And mm -hmm. outside of the actual ice, the rink is fairly heated, so um, I don't really pay attention to that very much. My toes do get cold playing so hockey, cold. Yeah. especially yeah. at how, but uh, I don't really do anything about it. <laughs> Just let it be. I'm sure you guys have got to be pretty used to that by now. Mm -hmm. yeah. You spend a lot of time yeah. in the ice box, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> Well, you go on, you do like a 40-second shift or whatever, maybe longer in high school, and then you go about sit on the bench, and you're, you're sweating. Do you start immediately getting cold when you stop moving? Not at in all. Between, <laughs> in between periods, I'll get cold. A little bit. Um, if I take my pads off or stuff, they're all wet, and, and so it'll get cold, and I'll get the chills. But Once you uh, get dry is when you get cold. Yeah, right? exactly. Oh, yeah. What's the most recent show that you've binge-watched? I've been watching a lot of football and uh, hockey lately, so I haven't been too focused on any specific shows. Just like live sports, yeah. just yeah. rolling them out. Mm -hmm. I'd probably say just rewatching The Office. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you rewatched The Office? It's probably almost four now. Okay. Do you, do you rewatch them in order or do you just skip around at this point? I can skip around at this point, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's get into some hockey. That was the Freaky Fast Five. Thanks to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. Let's talk about your guys' season. You guys started off 2-0 and here. You know, got that overtime win against North Farmington. Let's start there. I know you had a goal and an assist. Uh, you assisted on his overtime goal. Wh what's the early season going like, and how are you guys finding your chemistry in order to, you know, win games like that? I think it's going good. I think we're working hard as a team, and we're all coming together. Um, just at the end of that game, we just kept working, and we just kept fighting out there, and I think that's what got it done for us. Yeah, in the, in the beginning of the season, you're always uh, skeptical of how the new guys are going to do, but they've really shown themselves and shown that they're going to work hard this year and fit in very well with us. So the overall team chemistry doesn't seem like there's a separation between returners and new guys. It's just everyone's together, and I feel like that's really important for uh, high school sports. What is that balance for you guys like right now? How many how many newcomers are there compared to what's what's left? Um, there's a fair amount. We took uh, a good amount of kids this year, and so I think we took I think there's so we took 24 kids, and I think there's eight new kids. Okay, eight new kids. Yeah, it's almost a, qu a whole quarter of the team yeah. would be would be new faces. Right. Yeah, uh, mostly underclassmen, I would yep. assume at yeah. that point. Um, Sophomores and juniors. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but you 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 were on the team last year as well. Mm -hmm. um, what is it like for you having to kind of have those kids in your class or even even, you know, younger kids and still have to kind of show them the way of the team since you were, you know, there as a freshman and now they're kind of joining as a sophomore or a new freshman. Experiencing being a new guy last year, I definitely think it's important for them to be included almost more than, per se, a returner or something just so that they know they're there, they're going to work hard, they're going to be held accountable. And um, I think that really is helping this year so far with uh, the new guys we have. 
how does it help you guys coming into the hockey season after both coming off some pretty successful fall seasons? I mean, you're on the football team, and the football team did pretty well. Um, you're so on the soccer team, and they went to the state finals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, you split time and goal with Blade. So uh, how does that just kind of transition into uh, the next season? I think playing like a fall sport, I think it, your energy is there. You're going to be more fit because you're playing another sport, just not coming in straight to hockey, not fit, not ready. But I think... Mm-hmm. Playing a sport before helps a lot. Uh, it also doesn't get you quite burnt out of uh, any sport if you're playing multiple sports a year. And I know a lot of our, a lot of the kids on our team do play other sports. One thing I've noticed about, you know, soccer, hockey, and lacrosse, which all have goalies, is that when you have players that play more than one of those sports, if they play goalie in one, they don't play goalie in the other. And you play goalie in soccer. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. why is that? Uh, actually, so. This was actually my first year of soccer ever playing. So Coach Christian Drew asked me to play, and I was like, yeah, sure. So I did. He just asked me to be in that, so that's kind of the reason why I was kind of stuck there. But uh, I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be fun, and so I went for it. And I've just noticed over the years that if somebody's like a goalie on the hockey team, then they right. play lacrosse, they don't play goalie on the yeah. lacrosse team, you know, or vice versa, you know, others, all those I other think, sports I that have goalies. I think at some point you just have to get sick and tired of stuff getting shot at you all the time. <laughs> like, just yeah. having to put your body Don't want to get pelted anymore. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you can only take, as a goalie, what do you think would hurt worse, a, a hockey puck, a lacrosse ball, or a soccer ball? Well, I mean, I guess a soccer ball probably has to be the least, but... Like, I don't know, like, right to the gut. Lacrosse. Like, like yeah, on, on, lacrosse on, on and have oh, it right to the gut. Because lacrosse, yeah, the goalies have the least pads, too. Yeah, they have too. no pads. They have, like, yeah. a that seems chest protector, and that's about it. Yeah, lacrosse goalies, scene, that seems, just seems crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> that ball is, like, two pounds. Yeah, like, like, they, <laughs> like, they didn't even wear shin guards, <laughs> right? No, they were shin guards. Yeah. Goalies wear shin guards. They, 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 they have them up to their knees for yeah, lacrosse. Oh, I mean, no, that's still not a lot. You're still exposed from your vitals. You bruise your liver or whatever. But what you guys have been able to accomplish as a program over the last couple of years, I know that you guys were in the Final Four not too long ago. You guys were not a part of that, but how much have you guys tried to stay on that level and, you know, recoup um, from where you were? I mean, wh- I mean, you just were on a state championship run for, yeah. for soccer. I mean, right. does, does that kind of teach you what it takes to make it to those points in any sport? Yeah, it definitely does. I was actually on the Final Four Okay, team. you were. Yeah, okay. I was on a freshman. But, yeah, it's really fun. It, you just got to get the boys ready for it. As long as you're working hard and you're just going out there, throwing everything you got at them, you got a good chance. Gives you something to shoot for, knowing that two years ago our team made it that far. Yeah. We can do it. And there's obviously still guys yeah, who right, are exactly. a part of it. Yeah. So it's pretty much whoever wins the game between you and the reps is going to go to the final four. That's how it's. Uh, That's how it's been the last two years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> last couple of years. Yeah. So I mean, that is. I mean, we can talk a little bit about. Hockey in Traverse City and how it goes. I mean, that that game that you guys play at Howl Arena with Traverse City Central. Every mm-hmm. time you guys play there, it's just uh, it, it's a tooth tooth and nail, hard oh, fought yeah. battle. I mean, that place is packed to the teeth. How much do you guys like playing at Howl? No matter you know, even as even if it is a little bit older, how much do you guys like playing at Howl, especially in a game like that? It's a great experience, especially with all the fans in that place. And uh, I feel like the rusticness of it brings a different aspect of the game, and it's our home rink, so uh, I really like it. Yeah, I agree. I think we both share that rink, and I think whoever wins that game just owns the rink for that night, you know. Does it almost feel like a, a season-long bragging right? Uh, if you guys get them, like, both times and you're there, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yep, yeah. like, yep. this is our house completely. Yes. Like, you guys don't even get a locker room next <laughs> summer. Is that, how you, is that how it feels? Yeah. And you got the McCullough Cup, too. Yeah. 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 You get to fight over that. Yeah. So well, you said you had you kept 24 kids. How many guys do you usually end up cutting every year? It depends on how many people try out. Yeah, obviously. like how many? How many? I think we had about 40 try out this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so. it's it varies quite a bit each year. Yeah. Some kids decide not to come out. Some kids decide they'll try it. Why not? What are those kids going to do this year? that got cut because the, there's no bantam team this season. Right. So there's midget JV team, um, which is like all the high schools around here. So you just mm-hmm. go out, go and try out for that team. And they'll work with that team, and they go down, stay, and play games, and then try and get ready for the next year. Okay. What's the uh, what's the worst drill that Coach Rintala makes you guys go through? I don't know if this is an actual drill, but uh, just bag skating. Oh yeah. Back and forth. Oh, just yeah. just, just conditioning like, oh, line yeah, to line. Yeah. Line we don't line. do it too often because our practices are pretty upbeat. But uh, when we do, it's it's not a great time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your uh, what's your most used slash uh, favorite hockey slang? 
There's a lot. There are um, a lot. A lot I can't say right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah keep it as PG as yeah, we can. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm sure there's nothing you guys haven't heard in the locker room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of kids will be like, like, what up, bud? Like, they always Bud is bud. definitely, yeah. it's yeah. kind of a word of superiority. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a different language once you step into the room. Oh, once you oh, get in yes, there, yes, yes, for sure. Um, oh man, there's uh, there's so many too. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different language. Yeah. I, that could, we could do a whole podcast just on that. I can guarantee <laughs> that. Should I bring in a round table of hockey players. Yeah, <laughs> just go around and see. It. We could almost play like a category game. It's the first one to come to say the same slang or come up, not come up with a new one is out. It'd be like two hours later. <laughs> It'd be our first rated R episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it would just turn into a whole thing of name calling across the table. Before you know it, jerseys are getting ripped over the head. <laughs> People are punching each other. <coughs> the get-around podcast journey turns into the penalty box. Yeah. That could work out. <laughs> well, you guys play other sports. Uh, do you think hockey is the most intense of them all as far as, you know, guys getting each other's grill, y- um, yapping at each other? Hockey and my other sport is football, so mm-hmm. those are pretty close. I think there's a lot more trash talk in hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it's not even like super mean or anything. It's just saying what up to your buddy, letting them know you're there. <laughs> yeah. And football, it's a lot more, I would say, intense be- just because of the physicality aspect. H- hockey, you make hits and you take hits. Um, but football, it's every single play, somebody's getting knocked down. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of interaction between the players on the opposite teams in football, though. Mm-hmm. You get penalized for that. Yeah. 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 In, in, hockey, right. in hockey, it seems like you guys jaw exactly. back and forth yeah. a lot. I feel lot. like yeah. there's room for that because you're not <coughs> always, you know, you're not like, in football, I feel like you're like always encapsulated by five referees. There's yeah. one on each side, here, 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 like somebody dead in the center with the umpires. Yeah. Like, they'll hear you say something. If you're on the ice, there's a lot of clacks and shh, and they ain't oh, going to yeah. hear you just kind of jaw back and forth if you guys are over behind the net. <laughs> yeah, there's you know. I don't know, you'd be surprised how much it carries oh. up to the press box. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> the refs in hockey are a little bit more lenient oh, towards yeah. that. Uh, they'll let it go to a certain uh, to a certain, certain extent. Degree. Do you think do you think that that is something just to do with the culture of hockey? Do you, and and also, I mean, this is a serious question. Do you think that there's anything wrong with the culture of hockey when it comes down to that, when they let that type of thing go? Um, no, I love it. It brings uh, <laughs> yeah. another aspect to the game, and it's been there, and I hope it'll always be there. Yeah, I think nothing much you can really change. Uh, it kind of steps into people's emotions, too, so kind of see what changes their emotions. Get, and see what get under the other team's skin. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What's the most effective way to do that? Talking to him. Oh, yeah, just chirping him. Just keep chirping him. Yeah, you give some examples, though. Uh, yeah, some yeah, specific uh, examples here, boys. You guys ever watch Come on, bud. Yes. You guys watch Letterkenny, yeah. so it's, yes. like, it's like Shorzy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. so it's Shorzy from Letterkenny. <laughs> you I can't repeat imagine. anything at Shorzy. No, says not, you couldn't repeat a single quote from no. Shorzy in that show. No, you cannot. I could bleep one out, and it would just be me <laughs> with a fart in the middle of it. So. Okay, so what? Okay, how about this? What's the what's the best PG chirp somebody's ever said to you? You have to remember something that somebody said to you one time. That you were just like, yeah, that, damn that guy. Ad, that, actually, okay, that's good. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how to come back from that one. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot about uh, sisters and moms sisters that I hear. Oh yeah. It's got to be nice to be like a sisterless hockey player. Right? <laughs> it is. I'd say I remember last year. It wasn't to me, but it was toward goalie. And uh, one this kid go. This kid says. Like he was like, buddy, you look like a small chipmunk. That's what he said. He looked, he looked like a small like chipmunk. Like in the net. Like he's sitting in the net, and like there's a whistle blown, and we're all just like hanging out there. And this kid's like, you look like a chipmunk, dude. Like, you're tiny. Yeah, I don't know how you would come back from that one. <laughs> Wait, you hit him with your stick. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Pull a walnut out of your cheek and throw it at him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll show you. I'm not a chipmunk. <laughs> Definitely a lot of uh, bud and buddies, and it's just whatever the context of play is. Whatever, yeah. Like if uh, someone play a little harder, bud. Yeah, yeah. someone were to hit me, and it was not a good hit, or I would have knocked them down and said, "Like nice hit, bud." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, did you coach? It's just, so, it's just all sarcasm. <laughs> is that what the yeah. you're talking about? You just whatever you oh, use, yeah. bud. Somebody serious uh, sarcasm. Oh yeah. As a centerman on the face off too, if I win a face off clean, like better luck next time, buddy. <laughs> 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 So how often in high school hockey do you run into a team that can that can run four lines or does run four lines in a game? There's not much out there. Usually you see just three, 
Sometimes it's when you get a game is down to crunch line, crunch right. time is down to it's two. It's two, down to two, yeah. yeah. That's what you we, we've been running is we were doing three and then crunch time it was two. It's so like in our game against Farmington. Mm-hmm. That last period in overtime we just ran two. And it uh, varies a lot sometimes. There'll be just two deep pairs the whole game or yeah. um, just depends on what kind of skill you got and in what positions. So this is a question because I just think about Farmington. I know you guys got rivals and everything, but if it meant you guys could w- were perennially like in the Final Four every year mm-hmm. with a chance to win the state title, would you guys form just a Traverse City hockey? Would you be cool with that? I don't know. That that's uh, like a TC United <laughs> a type of thing. Yeah, if I, if, I mean, that could be just like combining forces to to make for better. But right. if that was a thing, I know it's not going to happen. Yeah, with, right. uh, I know, especially with just the way things are. But if if it meant that you guys had a chance to compete for a state title almost every year, is that something you guys would do? I mean, I wouldn't be too opposed to it if that's just the way it was. Right. With hockey, the kids from opposing schools, I've been playing yeah. club with and up until high school, right, so yeah. I'm good buddies with a lot of them. But still, during those rivalry games, you're not friends at all. Right. <laughs> which those are the most fun of the year. Yeah. So no. that basically, it's like, would you trade? Would you trade having that every year right. for a shot at a title every exactly. year? Is kind of the mm-hmm. question. But I mean, I like I like being at school with kids. Like our whole teams at mm-hmm. this our, is our, our team. Yeah, mm-hmm. This is our school. Mm-hmm. This is who we are, and yeah, that's what I like about it. It's pretty sweet. Well, fellas, cool. thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was great. Great having you guys in here, and congratulations on a great start. Keep it up, and uh, Big North Conference is coming in hot, so good luck on Wednesday. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you once again to Traverse City West's Josh Reese and Michael Skirmerhorn for joining us here at the Get Around. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. That's going to push us into our girls' basketball preview. We're going to do some quick hitters for you guys and make some way-too-early picks for our favorites in the conferences, or the major conferences uh, in our coverage area, our way-too-early player of the year. And You keep saying way-too-early. It's way-too-early. Are you accusing us of being wrong? It's just way-too-early for us to know because nobody has played a game yet while we're recording this podcast. The games are actually set to start in the next hour or so as this is being recorded. Five or six games getting started on Monday, but girls basketball is going to be in full swing by Tuesday or Wednesday. Everybody's going to have a game in and we're going to see a lot more. So let's preface the season a little bit, boys, and uh, get it started. We're going to go conference by conference. we got our big four conferences here, the Big North, the Lake Michigan, the Northwest Conference, and the Ski Valley I want our favorites to come out of these conferences this year. We know there's going to be a lot of different a lot of different faces on these teams this year. There's some people who are going to be missing from our uh, our landscape this year who, who have made some pretty big moves or have made some pretty big splashes uh, in basketball over the last couple of years. Aren't going to be playing. So uh, what do you think, boys? We're going to go into the Big North Conference to get started off with. Uh, we saw Traverse City West really surprise some people last year, come out of it, but lost a few of their seniors. Um, Traverse City Central, you know, is right there in the middle. Cadillac's been towards the top. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that. Boys, who do you guys uh, think is going to be our favorite to win the Big North Conference? Is I don't know a viable answer? Could be. I think I, I think I would (laughs) have... Seventh team, I don't know. I think I would I think I would have taken Cadillac hands down, but... At Volleyball State Finals just over a week ago, I found out that Macy Brown is not going to be playing basketball. You know, I'm still going to take Cadillac. The games I saw from them last year, McKenna Bryant was a big reason. Oh, McKenna, I think McKenna Bryant really is like the MVP of that team. Why they were such a talented team and made a run to the quarterfinals last year. And, and I just, I can't, if she's on the floor, I can't at least see that trend continuing. Maybe they're not, you know, a lock, but I, I gotta believe until you take it away from her and take these games away from her, um, she's gonna be one of the most critical players in Northern Michigan for girls basketball this year, and so if she's on the floor and healthy, I, I still think Cadillac's gotta be a favorite to win in the BNC. Yeah, I, I, that's what I said. I, I, can go, I can go with that. Okay, but, I was but yeah, I mean, Central and West lost a bunch. Petoskey um, lost some, yeah. some height. West has got some good young players coming back. I was but, but I think I think Petoskey yeah. could be, still be a dark horse. I mean, Petoskey lost a couple tall girls, they lost though. The, they lost the two six-footers. Yeah, so they were a, con- a, a tough team last year, but, yeah, with, with probably losing some height compared to last year. Preseed are way too early, which Wait. are 98% per- wrong, Cadillac. Well, that's why I, that's why I like to – well, see, but this is the thing. I want to do these way too early because I looked back at our podcast about Glen Lake and we said that Glen Lake was going to be in a state title game. And our way yeah, too but early with football, it's – Hey, 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 hey. Just saying, 
it's fun to be right. It's also really fun to be really wrong. So let's keep the wrong. All right, let's go to let's go to the Northwest Conference, fellas. Uh, that was a battle last year with Glen Lake. Kingsley, Franksford, uh, a lot of good teams out there in the Northwest Benzie. last year. But yeah, Benzie, they ended up get falling in that district beat, final game they in beat the Cadillac. Kingsley to give going like the title. Yeah, so. Ex- exactly. So I mean, we had uh, we had a, a mishmash of teams at the top of the Northwest last year. Do we have a favorite for uh, the get around this year? We were kind of yeah. talking about this at uh, Ford Field the other night. Interesting enough that just proof that media guys look ahead to the next season while they're covering the old one. We kind of sounds like we were all thinking that Glen Lake. This is a great opportunity. For for them to, I guess, uh, well, no, it wouldn't be three-peat because they didn't, Kingsley won two years ago, but a repeat title for them. Jason Bradford, obviously, has a very strong program going there with a couple of great players coming back, including his own daughter, Grace Bradford, who I'm going to talk about in another category here in a second. I, I think with them making the Final Four two and three years ago and, and winning that conference title last year, who's to say they wouldn't have made the Final Four if they hadn't been upset by Elk Rapids? It was Elk Rapids, I think, mm-hmm. in the district semi, right? Yep. You were at that game. Yep. Um, so who's to say Glen Lake wasn't making another run at, at Calvin College last year? Obviously, we'll never know for sure, but I like the Lakers' chances uh, to to repeat as Northwest Conference champs. I don't disagree. I mean, Frank, but I, there there are some still some really good players out there. The Thor sisters in Frankfurt, where one of them's left. Um, I believe it's Reagan, right? I think yeah, Reagan. Reagan's the one who's still around. The Northwest seems to be the toughest but, one to win as but, far as top heavy teams the past few I, years. I mean, yeah, I, Frankfurt will be in there. I want. I, I wanted to mention though, because another thing I found out just recently, I um, Austin Deweese isn't gonna be playing basketball either. either. Yeah. That's so, what I was going to say. Yeah, no, Thanks uh, for cutting me off on that one. Sorry. <laughs> I, f- I found it out I'll early. take from Jake. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Austin Deweese ain't going to be playing basketball. So our two two of our best volleyball players who mm-hmm. were the tall girls in, in their respective teams who could have probably made their team's favorites, hands-down favorites that for the conference. just means Brittany gonna Bowman's going to put up 40 points a game. <laughs> Not that shocking. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> I mean, are you still sticking? Are we, I, I'm okay with taking no, Glenn Lake. I, no, I like Glenn Lake. I mean, because, yeah, I'm losing you know, a six foot two center in the middle. That can play defense, rebound, block shots, and you know, and do a little scoring for you too. You know, really hurts Kingsley. They've got other good players. They'll right, they'll be there in the in contention. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, Glen Lake, just with what they showed last year and what they have coming back, they've got uh, you know the majority of that team. Coming and, and, back. I, and they probably have the most the, the most height and the most size in the Northwest coming Even back with losing Caitlin Shubb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, Grace Bradford is is tall. Uh, she's young too. They're Tall, still athletic, yeah. Ball handler. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have quite a bit of problems with those Lakers. Let's go on to the Lake Michigan Conference, fellas. Anybody want to start this moment one? Moment of silence for yeah. the loss of Elise Stuck. Yeah, like I, mean, I, I thought it would have been it would have been easy hands down with the with the Michigan commit playing for Charlevoix, but she tore her ACL um, in a camp. Not what was it? Not even six months ago. It was in like a, was like it was a travel July. team. It was a travel team game, yeah, in the summer. Okay, but yeah, so our our reigning player of the year will not be returning uh, for her senior season, which kind of leaves the LMC wide open. You know, we've seen a couple teams be able to work. I mean, St. Francis, Kalkaska in the past has had a couple of good teams. I'm not so well, sure. They had great teams. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying I'm not so sure about this year's team, especially me picking them as a favorite for a conference title. But, I mean, is there any, anything that rings the bell with you guys there? I mean, Boyne City. I'm going to say Boyne City. Yeah, Boyne City. I just, you know, they've, they've got, uh, haven't seen them in, in volleyball. They've got some pretty good all-around height. They've got some good athletes. I think most of those girls also play basketball. Um, the Beeling sisters, you know, is that's a, a, a nice pair to have there. Um, I, I think they're just going to have a pretty good all-around team. And in Lake Michigan this year, I think that can do it. I mean, St. Francis, I think it's down a little bit. You know, they're gonna, and they're going to lose uh, Cam Schaub, too, who was their their best player last season. Uh, you know, I think the Lake Michigan, like a lot of these conferences, is wide open as to who's going to win it. But uh, right now, I would I would pick Boyne City as my yeah, as my dark horse to win it. As a, well, I, I I like the Beeling Sisters. They're both they both have pretty good size. They're both in between whatever five eight and five ten. They got a lot of speed. They both got hops. Uh, they, I think they can both be game changers out there. I'm I'm okay with making the get around to pick Boyne City for. Uh, for the early season. Yeah, I think Boyne is definitely one, one of the teams to watch as far as, you know, you throw out the most improved category in the NBA. Uh, I think they've got a lot of potential to make a huge jump. I'm going to go just, you know, because of the consistency of the program and knowing Tyler Shell like I do since we played C-ball together back in the day. I know he's going to do a pretty good job of getting the glads. If not winning an LMC title, they're going to be once again near, near the top. So as far as just a safety pick, I'll throw St. Francis out there because uh-huh. they're just always there. But I do like the idea of Boynton City making this jump from uh, middle of the road to a contender in the LMC and, and maybe the postseason for districts and regionals yeah. as well. 
well. Yeah, and I think I, and I think Kalkaska will be improved too. Yeah, they'll that, be there. They'll have they'll have a chance, but that's what I, I just don't know. If, I'm not comfortable <coughs> putting them as a favorite, but like I think Boynton City as a whole as a school has kind of been stepping their game up a little bit over the last two years, kind of kind of. Mm-hmm inching their way back into that upper echelon territory in the LMC and even just, you know, over on the right side of uh, of the bay over there. Uh, one more conference to talk about, fellas. That's the Ski Valley. Really kind of is a two-dog race, if you ask me, uh, with Bel Air and Gaylord St. Mary. I mean, I think we kind of talked just a little bit before the podcast. I think I'm more comfortable with giving St. Mary the nod um, with the Jeffers sisters there. I mean, you saw them play last year, and, and you, you mm-hmm. were amazed by them. I mean, anything to elaborate with the Jeffers? They just they make that press work really well, for one. They're both, they're both athletic. They both get a lot of steals, and, and when they get those turnovers, they know how to turn them into points. So they make that press work for them really, really well. And and the one was only a freshman last year, and she totally did not look like it. She looked like, played like a junior or even a senior, having to play a lot of minutes because her sister was hurt in one of the games. So, yeah, I think that they're definitely... I think the favorite, uh, you know, I like Bel Air. Bel Air lost some players, but I think that they're going to be there too. And, and I also think a team that will will have a say in this will be Johannesburg Lewiston. Yeah, I think I mean, you make an interesting point about Bel Air. I mean, because they left, they lost Keegan Fisher last year, which I, I she was a heart and soul of that basketball team. Um, mm-hmm. She was a heart and soul of a volleyball team too. But I think when it came to basketball, she was really just relied upon, looked upon. So it'll be interesting to see who can pick up that torch for Bel Air. Um, Harrison, they, they do have another Kepke on the way, which any Bel Air basketball well, team with a Kepke on there usually is pretty good. There's three more Fishers coming through too. A couple <laughs> more K name Fishers. So Fishers, Kepkes, and what's the what's the guy the male last name that always is on football and basketball? <laughs> oh, Nepoth. Nepoth. Yeah. There yeah. We go. <clears throat> Three families are in that town. Yep, in Merriweather. Any uh, any input from you, my friend? You know, Gaylord St. Mary, obviously, kind of like what I talked about with St. Francis. They've just they've been into the second, if not third, weeks of the state tournaments the past like five years, it seems. Uh, and I really thought last year was the year they were going to get to the final four, and they couldn't do it. Uh, they ran into a tough team in that quarterfinal, but. Great girls graduate. It's a super small school, but superstar players graduate, and they just keep finding more people. So you want to talk about Boyne City being like a culture for sports. I mean, look at what Gaylord St. Mary does in their sports. With I mean, whatever, 130 kids. They're at or near the top in all of them, and we're talking about them in all of these segments. So obviously, it's it's a trend that you, you can't help but think is just going to continue until you start to see a serious drop-off, and that's I don't see that happening this year. Yeah, not even 130 kids. They've, they've enrolled they've in like 75. Yeah, I was going to say it's 100, 100, isn't it? Yeah. That's it? 75 is their enrollment last year. All right. Well, talk about whittling down to a, you know, a lot of people to a little people. There's a lot of girls to talk about, but who's your guys' favorite for player of the year? This is kind of a toss-up. We, we kind of mentioned who, who the three people who I probably would have put up as my f- three favorites off the start of the season, especially just because of their height and their ability down low, with Macy Brown, Austin DeWeese, and, and Elise Stuck. None of them are going to be playing their senior year of basketball. So this is, I think this is as wide open as anything. I mean, Brittany Bowman, I know we have to look at her. She's She averages like 20 points a game in her basketball career. So like With ease. Yeah, we know that she's going to be putting up like numbers. She could score more if she – it's almost like – Yeah, her average is probably only about 12. If, but, like, but if she wanted to, if she, she could, had to be the MVP yeah. and carry a team. Like, Which she probably will. I mean, Sydney Hessem's there who who did stuff for them last year. Maddie Byes has done a lot for them. But anybody – I mean, is there anybody – Brittany Bowman's the one who sticks out in my mind right now. Uh, I mean, we – we know that she's a freak athlete. She was in the conversation for player of the year with Elise Stuck last year. So I'm only going to assume that she'll probably be up there in her senior year. Anybody One else? Favorites. Yeah, I, anybody else stick out to you guys? I mentioned it earlier. I think Grace Bradford showed us a lot in her, was it her freshman year or sophomore year last year? I think it was her freshman year. She just a freshman I wrote that story about her taking that free throw. Her game reminds me a lot of Elise Stuck. She's not as tall as Elise, but I mean talk about a player who can do almost anything on a basketball floor and that's a very special tool to have i mean maybe the stats won't show it at the end of the day that she's you know as impressive as Brittany. but then again that's not how you guys are necessarily voting for those candidates either so you know it's almost fitting that we have what we think are going to be two of the best players in the northwest conference and if those games are going to be big for the conference those two uh, will go a long way towards defining it. So I think Grace is actually, if she takes another leap off what she did just in her first high school season, then she's a serious contender for this award. Yeah, because, I mean, last year as a freshman, what she, I mean, you could pretty much pencil her in for 16, 18 points and yeah. 8 to 10 I was boards. Saying, she was the lead scorer. A couple, couple blocks, a couple assists here, some steals. Yeah. I mean, she was pretty good. 
Um, so, barring those two, the third one I guess I would throw out there would be uh, Jaden Wilder from Manton. Um, I think that Manton's going to be another team that'll be pretty good. Obviously, they're in the Highland, which they're the only team that we cover in the Highland, so we didn't talk about that conference race. But I think uh, I think Manton is another team that could be primed for a pretty good run here this year. I mean, they but, but they're going to be in the same district, I think, as Glen Lake maybe again. I mean, I guess it's a question that we've kind of already talked about just because this is kind of wide open. But anybody, anybody who we need to look out for, Dark Horse, surprises for the year, maybe player or team. I mean, I liked your Frankfurt pick because they've kind of, you know, four or five years ago they were – uh, the class of the Northwest Conference for the girls, and they've kind of dropped down a little bit. But uh, Coach Resnich is still there. Uh, the playmakers are still there. I think I think Frankfurt and Benzie both. We've seen Benzie just trying to push through that glass ceiling. So I, I don't see how you not keep an eye on both of them again in another year of girls basketball, even if they've lost a few names. And uh, we already talked about Boyne City for the Lake Michigan Conference. I, I like I like I like your talk with that Benzie though. I mean, Benzie was only they're not even a sleeper though. Like, no, they're no. There. But the, no, <laughs> this, but this is the thing is that just Benzie hasn't gotten past that that like district final round in a few years. And last year was really close. Yep, the buzzer beater lose. Yeah, back. it mm-hmm. could be. This could be their year to to turn that over. Especially mm-hmm. if if Macy Brown wasn't in that game last year, I know Benzie would have won it. So. That, that'll tell you something. So Yeah, so I think Benzie County as a whole is one to circle. And All right, well, that's going to do it for our girls' basketball preview for now. That means it's time to get you fed. My favorite portion of the episode where I get our loyal Audible viewers fed from our sponsors over at Jimmy John's. Two free subs going to Beth Richter from Lake Leelanau. Congratulations, Beth. You were our selected for that free meal from the good round so we'll be getting those out to you but always remember like share comment retweet post a gif reply to us and and answer our trifecta uh, interact with us on social media and we will get you entered in to win a pair of free subs you know what that means fellas it is time to get into the get around hall of fame the most exclusive club in northern michigan becomes a little less exclusive this week as we are going to enter in six. Opening up those gates a little yes. bit wider. Yes, we're gonna <laughs> we're so gonna enter in six season. retroactive members of the Hall of Fame from our fall season. Since we only have a little bit of space between these two, we wanted to make sure that we gave some of the fantastic athletes from the fall season the do they deserve and put them in retroactively. Since there's only so many episodes in a season and only so many people can get in, that's what makes mm-hmm. it so dang exclusive. So we each got two. A uh, little bit around, so we're going to go around. I guess we can go one by one just to mix it up. I'll start with my first one. I'm going to go with Glenn Lake's Finn Hogan. We talked about him a bit earlier. I think he was MVP for the Lakers. Obviously deserves it now to get into the Get Around Hall of Fame if he was able to help them get all the way to the state finals, and I think he was their MVP. So, James, who's your first retroactive? Trey Searles from Traverse City Central. Did a little bit of everything for for Central this year, and uh, was just kind of their go-to guy in the passing game. I mean, Peyton Smith to... to Trey Searles was pretty much money all season. You know what's great, too, is Searles is living proof that I probably could have played football <laughs> when I went to Charity Center. We're like the same size, and he was so good. And that was the reason I didn't play is because I thought somebody my size was never going to make it in the game of football. So, Trey, prove me wrong. I'll go Sheldon Huff, another amazing member of the Huff family for the Johannesburg Lewis and Cardinals. Him and Logan Finnerty were a deadly one-two connection this year for the Cardinals, and Logan's already in the Hall of Fame, so it's only fitting that Sheldon gets... Fills in another spot. Yeah, gets his spot here. All right, I'll go with another football player. Can't believe he actually never made it in, especially with how much we talked about him on the podcast, but Suns Bay's Lucas Mikesell obviously was just an explosive playmaker for that football team. Took them all the way to the state final. So I had a couple of guys who uh, took their team to a state final and didn't get maybe all the recognition they deserved individually for it. So those are my two retroactives. What uh, What's next? Well, I got a guy who uh, also took his team to a state final, and that's uh, Tony Gallegos from Traverse City West Soccer. Um, he was just a, a consistent scoring threat all season. They had a, a lot of they shared the goals with, between a lot of people this season, um, so they didn't necessarily have any one dominant scorer. But uh, uh, he came through for him in that semifinal with that game-winning goal, and uh, had just been a. And in last season, he just jumped onto the scene as just one of the one of the best players and, and just amazing ball handler for a soccer player. I just he, last year he just jumped onto the scene as one of the best best athletes in Northern Michigan, especially after and taking up after, track. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. After taking up after Eric Levante, you know he's fast and put him on the soccer field. That's that's tough to keep up with. We got one more to go in. Who is it, Harrison? Uh, you're going with state finalists. How about a top five runner in the Division II girls cross-country state finals? Emma Squires for Petoskey. Not only a great top five finish in the state, 
but helped lead the Northmen to a uh, Big North Conference title in girls cross country, which, as we know from years past against Traverse Eastern, that's not an easy conference title to win. So, and the Squires definitely deserves a spot. So, congratulations to those six athletes. I'm not going to go back over all of your names because then it would just be too much words in my mouth. So, congratulations to you guys. That leads us into our final segment of the day, which is our trifecta. Kind of talked a little bit about it at the beginning of the show, but fellas, how do you shop? Or how do you prefer shopping? Do you drop? Do you shop online? Do you shop in the store? And which way is better and why? You guys start this because I'm going to end the argument. Myself, I like shopping for other people in person more. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll buy stuff for me online, but just because it's a little easier to return it if it's you. Yeah. <laughs> At but, Kohl's? Well, I had to do in person. I went to Kohl's Thursday night for Black Friday. Sh- not, I spent about 30 seconds in there. I went in and out based on that line. And oh, <laughs> that was going to be an hour to wait in line for $15 <laughs> savings on pants. Yeah, no, if we're t- if I, didn't, I didn't go anywhere for Black Friday this year. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I guess maybe not necessarily. Except Ford Field. Yeah, we have, all three of us were in Detroit for Black Friday. Yeah, Thursday night. Black Friday's Thursday now. Yeah, Black Thursday. sorry. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. I, I spent yeah. Thanksgiving with my family. Yeah, to any company, don't make your... Don't make your employees work on Thursday. That's just a, a yeah, D-bag just move. This is terrible. But I worked Thursday. Uh, anywho, if we're talking about Black Friday, or s- if we're saying, like, oh, would I rather shy up on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, hands down it's always going to be Cyber Monday just because, like, you don't have to deal with anything. But personally, I hate shopping online as, like, a whole. And this is a young guy, too. I don't. Like, I literally, I, I there's just, like, I don't see many benefits to it. There's been a couple times that I've got stuff that is just, like, broken through the mail or really isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be, or it was just really, really like cheap. Like my John Cena costume. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Just something like really, really cheap or whatever. And then the same thing, like one of my friends wanted me to get a pair, of, get, get him a pair of shoes for Christmas. And I'm like, man, I'm not buying you a pair of shoes online because you, you never try them on, you never fit them. Same thing with T-shirts. It's like I, well, clothes, I, I yeah, still... You got to go to the store. It's the same thing, but, but especially when I'm shopping for other people... Me, me searching around on the internet for stuff is, m- honest to God, much less like fruitful or productive than me going into a store and finding something. Especially if I know of a store that I have an idea of something like, oh, like this guy likes outdoors or this guy's a sports person or something like that. It's easier for me to go into a store and browse than to like literally search stuff into search bars and like have to know exactly what I'm looking for instead of just like going down click holes on Amazon. Well, I tend to feel a lot of pressure when I'm shopping for other people that I really got to, you know, knock it out of the park with their gift to, to make them feel like they're important. And for me, that that pressure builds when I'm at the store and walking around the aisle and not finding what I'm looking for. Or, say, my two nieces who are seven and four, ha, 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 pun intended. <laughs> if I'm shopping for their gifts, it's like if my sister gives me ideas and they're not in the store, I'm screwed. Whereas I can go right on Amazon and probably find the gift I'm looking for. So in that sense, it makes it easier. But even with, you know, family and friends, as long as it's not clothes or something that I really feel I need to view in person before I actually pay for it, uh, I think now just the convenience of sitting on my couch and watching TV while I shop and then having it shipped to me three days later as opposed to running through those stores and trying to... Fi- I've done both. And online shopping, if you can pull it off, I think is just way less stressful. I also hate having to, like, you say, oh, wait for it for three days later. Not the point of my shopping. <laughs> I went Christmas shopping today. I don't want to wait. That's the one thing I hate about online Christmas shopping, especially is like I could order. Well, yeah, you can't do it but, December nineteenth. No, but no, but okay, yeah, but not even that. But like I could order twelve different items today, and just over the course of the next three weeks, there's going to be stuff showing up in my house every day. Okay, is that a problem? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. You don't have to get. Well, it I could just. I, I personally, I just usually yeah. what happens is that I'll do two rounds. You don't, of Christmas you don't have to shopping. give people stuff on December tenth, do you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this doesn't want his door. No, it was actually funny this weekend. Usually when the doorbell rings at our place, it's because John's ordered something on Amazon, my roommate. And the other day the doorbell rang. None of us got it. Doorbell rang again. We're like, oh, there's a person actually here. That's what the doorbell's for. Oh, yeah, instead of it just being a delivery. Yeah. And now if, uh, but we're, we're so, 90% of the time it's a delivery. Yeah, so, so like, I... Oh, there's actually a person here. I don't know. I usually do two rounds of Christmas shopping where I'll go out. And get everything that I know I, I know that I that people wanted or needed. I'll go out to the store and do all one big round, and then I'll go back like two or three days before Christmas to like shore up any details that I may have forgotten. But I personally, I I, I don't like online shopping, and unlike most of my friends, I'm that well. 
I don't know. I've never had my card information or stuff like that stolen, and everybody who shops online has had that stuff happen to them. That five can happen times. in person, though, too. Well, I know it can, but I much more trust being at a Kohl's register than giving my thing to an Etsy shop because something looks really cool. Well, I'm not going on a sketchy, you know, website. But and I'm just saying, like, my NBA but I'm saying, like, even yeah. but people, you know, people buying stuff off Etsy or whatever, whatever it is, you never know. I got myself some beer stuff. Yeah, Shocking. more brewing stuff. Yeah, some recipes, some. Ingredients for recipes. Although most of my homebrew stuff, I do, I tra- do try to make a, an effort to use the local homebrew shop. But yeah, there was some Black Friday deals that just were some stuff, stuff that I needed and stuff that they didn't have. So I bought that, and I just got you some just recipes had to tap on, into. on top. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's the bad pun of the day. We're no, gonna close. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even from me. I know it wasn't even from James. We're we're gonna close the episode out on, older now. on the worst joke we could possibly made. So. Thank you so much for listening to episode 104. Remember to retweet us, share us, interact with us on social media so we can get you fed. And uh, we'll see you for episode 105 next week when boys basketball starts. So have a good one.